Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. morning's message is dedicated to Ty McDonald. Everyone knew him. Who knew him? Ty McDonald, uh, who had a fatal accident uh, four weeks ago. He uh, careered off the road. We're not sure how, but uh, he was a guy who'd lived uh, an amazing, remarkable life. Um, and, uh, well, for the people who don't know him, he, he was struck by a cement truck. So not just a truck. We'd always heard that he got hit by a truck and two cars. But we since found out that he'd actually been hit in Brisbane as a 12-year-old by a cement truck and two cars. And he was in hospital five years. Uh, two of those years, he was in a coma. Two of those years, he was in a coma. And um, he sort of had to learn how to, you know, speak and write and all that. Uh, and found himself on the central coast, from Brisbane to the central coast, because that's where he was born, um, in the 80s, and somehow he got miraculously saved. That means he got connected to God, saved, and um, now he's bound for eternity, and now God can bless him and heal him. And, and God began this wonderful work on Ty's life. Um, Ty never married. He was age 50 um, when he died four weeks ago. Um, he was challenged um, greatly physically. Uh, One arm was paralyzed slightly. Uh, He had a gait, but that didn't stop him, man. He could could do all things in Christ who, who strengthened him. He was probably, I would say, the most remarkable servant. Say servant, because this is the point of my message. Servanthood. Say servanthood. He was probably, when I think about it, the most remarkable servant that this church has ever witnessed. Um, and so Ty got saved. I actually spoke to his, one of his first connect group leaders, Murray Newman from Life Encounter Church, was actually uh, Ty's first connect group leader in the 80s. And, uh, <laughs> and he was telling me some funny stories because Ty could get quite incorrigible and uh, he would storm out of the connect group uh, and, just, and people learned to, you know, get to know Ty and realize that that was him. He had a short circuit. Uh, uh, he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't suffer fools lightly either. Uh, he was quite smart, quite intelligent actually and quite informed uh, about a lot of things. People don't realize that. And he was probably the most profound prayer that I've ever known. The most profound prayer. He was my personal prayer partner on Chapman Hill for seven years. Chapman Hill's the local lookout up here. When we started the church, we started it in the right way by prayer. And for seven years, Tuesday morning, six o'clock, for an hour, two hours more like it, Ty was the first one up there. He was a timely guy. He was faithful. He was timely. He was on time. And if you weren't, woe be tired. And um, so for seven years, I I had the good privilege with others to meet on um, Chapman Hill and pray over Wyong 
over our church to why? To take ground, to win souls, to build a great church. And this is the church. Um, so, Ty, uh, I, I realize the, the, because of Ty's prayer language, this guy um, was obviously in the Word a lot. His vocabulary and his depth and profoundness of prayer was quite amazing. Quite amazing. And I'd, I'd realized pretty quickly that this man was in the Word a lot and he also prayed a lot. The boys cleaned out his house and I'll, I'll say it publicly, Tithe has bequeathed his estate to the church. Um, that means his house. Um, he had a small little tiny personal loan. But for 16 years, through three different wills, he has always bequeathed his house to the church. And, and he's done that, and we thank God for that. And uh, praise God. Um, praise God. We'll, we'll, the church will be benefited greatly, and we really appreciate. But this is an extraordinary man. The boys, um, Tim, who is a very good friend of Ty, and uh, obviously was there with Ty helping. And Frank, I must take my hat off to Frank and Tim Phillips, who's just right there beside Ty, when he was coming off the road, having blackouts, losing his license, they would drive him around. They would navigate him through tricky things of just doing life in general. And um, I'm, I'm making a point about Ty because I want to get to a message called um, Change, which is our series, Change. Uh, and, then, and then in brackets, Inside Out, and then Brokenness. Brokenness. I want to help you understand, again on the subject of change, what God does to a Christian, if you want to mature, that is, and if you want to serve as a leader in the life of the church and in the kingdom. And it's called brokenness. God breaks us down. He breaks our strengths down, our pride down. He breaks the things down that we think, man, I can do all this. Yeah, but, you know, you're so full of yourself in that, God says, I can't actually compliment you and f flow through you and around you in that because you're just so strong in that. And actually, God likes you to have a little bit more of a back foot, a little bit more of a reservedness in your giftedness, skill and ability and say, yeah, I might be able to pull that off, but you know what? I'm going to need God on that one, man. And, and that's probably where God wants to get you. So a lot of people aspire to leadership in the church. A lot of people aspire to even serve God in a great way. But if they're doing it in their own strength, I will say you will burn out. And, and you won't cop the criticism too either of being a servant in Christ. Because being a servant in Christ is coming under the authority of God. And you do it for God. You don't do it because I'm going to smile at you every time I see you doing something. Oh, I've been doing this job for three months and Pastor Phil, he doesn't even know who I am. He didn't smile at me, didn't give me, didn't mention my work that I did. Because, you know, it just, you're going to just find yourself really offended and you're going to find yourself in another church doing it all over again. But if you do this, if you say, you know what, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. Mow the lawns, do whatever. Um, in the cafe, what serve in the worship team, take the offering up, 
I mean, there's so much that happens. I had a blog the other day that said, church is like a football game. 22 people so tired that they need a rest while thousands look on that need exercise. (laughs) And so I hope that we can inspire you to serve. (laughs) Look, I just can only read, this is actually, I'm spewing actually, because this this book we found in Ty's house and, and, and it has some devotions of his, and the devotions add up to 40 days. Um, unfortunately, I'm missing the first three days, but look, I'm not going to read them all, but I'll just, can I just read you a couple, just to share the heart of this guy? Day four, I feel in my heart that God has put, in, on, put me on the earth. The, the, again, his handwriting is, but he's all good. I feel in my heart that God has put me on this earth to declare his name in prayer in these times we live in, to help people while giving glory to his name. Day five, it is the things that are unseen that matter the most to me. Even (laughs) this is, I could just preach this. I could just literally preach for 40 days and it would absolutely bless you. Uh, It is the things that are unseen that matters the that most uh, mean most to me. Even though times may be tough at times, all things work out for the good for the Lord. Day six, I am or we are on this earth to reveal God or Jesus to the world so good news may be brought and souls saved from death so God's kingdom may come. Day seven, I believe that I am more aware of God's glory in my quiet time with my Lord. Day eight, I start each day with God or Jesus and I try to relate to him in prayer and the study of the word. Day nine, I need to trust God more for God, for my finances. I I live supernaturally. I, I, I think I need supernatural finances, provision, but I wouldn't but I would like more. Okay, I feel in my life I'm not completely surrendered in the trauma from my childhood to the Lord. If I completely gave my past to the Lord, my Lord would restore my life to complete health. He that is in me is greater than he is in the world. Where is my faith? <laughs> Day 11. I got to, I can't, because this could be bring me undone. It'll probably bring you undone. Day 11. Dear Lord, I know I blow it at times, but my one desire is to worship and pray you with all my heart and desire. Even though I live in the world, I am not of this world. I choose to spend a good portion of my life reading the word of God and praying to my God for others, which is what the Lord commands. Day 12 for Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance, and I'll shoot through to day 32, maybe day 32, I can make the best use of what God has given me by living and being and doing what the, what the Word commands. Day 33, none of the calling, none of the calling to service phases me. It's only my health that limits me. Wow. Day 34, As a Christian or a servant of God, 
I try to live a humble life as a servant of God. Day 35, I know I have many weaknesses in my life and I admit it, but in my weakness I am made strong, I know. I have tried to big note myself, but in those occasions the Holy Spirit has pulled up the tent pegs up on me. (laughs) This is so tired. Day 36, I suppose even though the Spirit is within me, I'm not a real good talker. My calling is to pray and worship. Day 37, I have a a very powerful testimony. I reveal Jesus through the gift of prayer and the gift of generosity. Day 30, if you you knew Ty, he was the most radical giver. He actually had a gift of giving. The motivational gifts, seven motivational gifts in Romans chapter 7, typify seven gifts ways that you respond to life, whether it be leadership, prophecy, prayer. Um, Ty responded to life by giving. He's actually got one of the days says, please help me, Lord, that I don't get too close to people because I just want to bless them with, all the, with, with my money and I can't afford it. If he even got near you, he wanted to bless you. We had visitors that came to our church. And I don't know how Ty even got their address. But he went around there during the week with a couple of kilos of sausages. And the people went, hello? And he said, no, just want to bless you. The Lord spoke to me. Here's a couple of... Wow, okay. Day 37, uh, yeah, day 38, the Holy Spirit has been sent to show us the way. The Word of God says freely, have I given to you, go out and give to others. Day 39, read the Word of God and study it, live it, which I do. Day 40, and I can't make, I'm not sure what that actual one says, but isn't that amazing? Let's give Ty a hand. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. I want to talk about... um, I want to talk about servanthood and brokenness. And what have I got left? Uh, 15 minutes, say. Um, I wonder if we could throw up the scripture, Philippians uh, chapter 2. Chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. This is probably the greatest revelation you'll ever have. If I can compact this message, if I can compact this message and share with you, ultimately what God desires of your life. Ultimately, God desires of your life is to turn you inside out, to give of yourself. Whether through be like prayer, like tie or giving, but serving is probably ultimately what God wants us to do. He wants us to be more concerned for others than just ourselves. The world sells us the thing that it's about our comfort, our pleasure. Even Christian books would suggest how to realize your best life, how to realize your destiny, how to realize your, 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 your greatest self-satisfaction, me. <laughs> me. <laughs> um, me, myself, and I. But Jesus shows us, and if he hadn't done this as being a servant, because who knows God, Jesus, the Son of God, was somebody. 
but he denied his superiority. He denied his deity. He denied all his ability or his prerogative to have all everyone surrender to him and give all the accolades to him and worship him. And, you know, he said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I need to walk as the suffering servant, it says in the Bible, I need to walk out through this life and serve you. And you saw that in the upper room when the disciples' feet, feet needed to be washed and the towel was waiting and the water was waiting and everything was waiting. But not one of those disciples jumped up. Jesus jumped up, took off his robe, took the towel and began to wash the feet of the disciples and says to him, this is what I'm talking about. This is what needs to happen within you. And he does it to the extent where he actually serves humanity and serves God to the point where he goes to the cross and dies a gruesome death to save your soul. If Jesus had not been a servant, we would not be saved. Love this stuff. Okay, let me just try and get one page in. Is that cool? Of my notes. In our quest for the marks of mature spirituality and leadership ability, we must not bypass that quality which so completely characterized the life of Jesus Christ, the quality of unselfish servanthood. Jesus said, Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom of many. Uh, the Apostle Paul added to this, um, in Philippians 1.4, I think it is, the, the Apostle Paul added to this focus when he wrote, each of you should be concerned not only about your own interests. And just think about Ty. He was not consumed about his own interests. If you had seen his house, this guy was a guy of simple means. He didn't have luxury items everywhere. and He, he was a very simple, devout man in God. And it's amazing that that priority, that perspective in his life was evident in his real life. Uh, Each of you should be concerned not only, each of you should be concerned not only about your own interests, but the interests of others as well. But then pointing to the Savior as a a great example, he quickly added Philippians 2.6, you should have the same attitude toward one another that Christ Jesus had. I hope I got those scriptures right. Is this Philippians 2.6? Who, though being God, God of very God, emptied himself by taking the form of a slave. When it says slave, that means servant. Philippians 2.1. And I, I need to read this. It says this. Um, let's back it up to verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. I wonder if we could back that up to verse 1, guys. Philippians 2.1. Okay. If you have any encouragement, C3 Tugger, 
from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, who feels his love, who feels his encouragement, if any fellowship with the Spirit, who has fellowship with the Holy Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, who feels that from God? Two, then two, then two, verse two, then make my joy complete, Paul says, by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. For each of you should look, should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And I'll carry on. Verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. So here's Jesus. He's not saying, hey, I know the Father. Father flows through me powerfully. I've, I've risen people from the dead. When, when I touch people, they're healed. And, and by the way, I was there in the beginning in the creation of heaven and earth. He didn't have that. He didn't have that smugness. He didn't have that superiority. He became humble. He became simple in his spirit. The humble. The humble of heart will see God but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's our saviour. That's the, the example that we have. And of course, in this world today, the preoccupation with self is out of control. But if we were to really be a disciple of Jesus, we would soon realize it's not about our self-satisfaction and our, and, our, and our comfort in life. It's really about saying, God, I'm awesomely saved. What a price you paid. Oh, my God. How can I avail myself now? to you, to your kingdom, to your cause, to your message. I think that's where a lot of people, I hope, in C3 Tugra choose to, choose to serve God. I think it's about that. I think it's about this huge encounter with God where they say, my God, I, I don't care about all the stuff and uh, all the problems and, and all the inconsistencies. I, I, I don't care about when people let me down and and, and you know what? I'm standing for this team. I'm standing for C3 Tugger. I'm standing for the gospel. And those people become resilient in their attitude to serve God relentlessly. They could be fobbed off. They could be abused. I'm talking about servants serving in the house of God. The pastor could let them down. Julie could, Pastor Julie could let you down. People could let you down every single, uh, all around you. But you're just saying, you know what? I don't do this for the, uh, pr the praise of people. I do this because of my God. I do this for my God. 
And, and this is a revolution of the heart. I've got to shoot from the hip now and tidy this up because I want to preach this message, but it needs to be later. Maybe I'll preach tonight, eh? Somehow, when we get saved, we should tell people and give a disclaimer that God wants to turn you inside out. That no longer will you be just caring about yourself. And people try and appease that by, well, I don't care about myself, I care about my family. And you'll see people do that. My kids and my wife and my family, I care about them. Isn't that Christian enough? No. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, 19, 20, thereabouts, submit to each other out of reverence for Christ, meaning care about others. They're not my family. Who cares about them? No. Now Jesus is saying, you care about your brother and sister. You, okay, let's take it a step further. You care about your neighbor. I don't want to care about them. I've got enough problems of my own. I've got me. I've got my family. Now you want me to be a servant? Because servant means this. You submit unto God. You submit under the authorities that are in your life to flow ministry to better their life. It's, it, a lot of this is about flowing ministry to help people in their station in life. That, that's what ministry is. Ministry, leadership ministry in a church, is about being broken by God, saying, God, look, how can I, be, how can I avail myself to you? Here I am. And then in that if God can get himself in you, who knows, like, okay, so we're a vessel. Who knows Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure? And that's how he was able to do all this great stuff he did. He had no pride. He had no sin. He had no selfishness. Okay, so let's get a vessel, let's get a vessel like this and uh, let's put a rock of pride in there. Let's put a rock of offense in there. Let's put a rock of... Of, of sin in there. Let's put another, and then try and pour water into you, because you're a vessel, remember, the Bible says. And then let's try and put some Holy Ghost in there. You've just gone to a revival meeting and the people, you know, the hands are being laid on you. Be filled, be filled. But I'm telling you, I know from experience, if you've got rocks of pride, indifference, and disobedience, and, and sin in your vessel, there's only so much God can put in you. But I want to do, and then you'll get energetic Christians by saying, I want to do this. I know how, I've been to Bible college. I know how this is done. I've seen you, Pastor Phil, how to preach. I can do it. But if it's in your own strength, the Holy Spirit can't flow through it. It's in brokenness that the Holy Spirit flows through a vessel. And you'll know it straight up. And it's those people that we see and release in the life of the church. We had a past. We had an incident where someone had come to our church. I've been to Bible college. I've got a certificate. Great. Oh, I've got a good giving message if you want it. 
Oh, I know that subject of faith. I can do that if you want. Well, we don't know who you are. I mean, this sounds all great on paper, but it's not up to me. Promotion comes from the Lord. And actually, the people don't want just words. They don't want flesh. They want someone who's been broken. Like Jacob wrestling with God. Stand up, fill cans. Jacob meets God. Let's do this. I'm wrestling. Jacob says, I'm not letting go. You will bless me until the daybreak. I don't care. And then God says, this guy's a crazy unit. He's a crazy unit. God touches Jacob and takes out his hip and Jacob collapses his strength because this is the major strength of a, of a person, a man. And he still won't let go, but he says, I'm wounded, I'm fatally wounded. But you know what? And the Bible says, Jacob saw God face to face and he said, now I know who you are, but now... I will not let you go until you bless me. And then God, the angel, blessed Jacob. And Jacob, thanks, Phil. Jacob walked. He had encountered God. He had encountered God. Like Ty McDonald, he had encountered God and was never the same again. And God was able to flow through him powerfully. It took the fight out of Jacob. A lot of us are fighting. It took the fight out of Jacob. Jacob was forever changed. And it's something like what happens to each one of us when somehow we get saved and we have these encounters with God. Once you have an encounter with God like that, you just want to serve Religion won't allow you to serve God. I'm, I'm done now. Um, religion won't promote you to serve. Um, good intentions of coming to God and hanging loosely in God, that won't allow you to serve. They say if, if the church is depleted of service, uh, servants and servanthood, that it stymies its evangelism and stymies its ability to reach out and do more for God. And uh, let's all stand. God bless you. And uh, this morning, I just pray that we would um, understand this, that ultimately God would love us, would want us, that he would beckon us into this change program. Put up your hand if this would take a revolution in your heart of hearts to want to care about your friend next to you and and care about the church and care about the souls that are not saved yet and care about maybe we need another encounter with God maybe maybe we need to sort the Lord and, and ask the Lord for forgiveness and say Lord forgive me of my selfishness forgive me of falling in the trap of this present culture of just trying to satisfy myself and my life so let's just pray that right now father god in heaven forgive me of my preoccupation with myself 
Lord, uh, I just pray that I would be able to find my belonging in you and my significance in you, not by what I do for you, not by not by trying to be someone in your kingdom or your church for the sake of the accolades and the praise of man, but I stand under your mighty under your mighty lordship and I declare that I serve you, I give to you, I pray for you. I worship you, but Lord, in my life, I say, God, how can you, and what do you want me to do for you? How do you want me to extend myself to do what you've called me to do? Lord, I'm asking again, would you do that right now? Lord, I'm asking, I'm asking, Lord God, how do you want me to avail myself to give, to serve? You came as a servant, Lord. You showed us the ultimate example. And in your servanthood you saved mankind lord i pray in the life of this church c3 tugra that there would be a revival of serving god of serving god that people wouldn't have to be conjoled and and the arm twisted to serve in some team or some place and department that they would just say, man, I want to serve God's winning team. I, want to, I don't want to be a pew sitter. I don't want to just be someone who just comes and listens to a message. I want to avail myself to you, God. So right now, Lord God, I stand and I ask you, dear God, that you would give me a new sense of purpose in serving you. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Why? Why all that ministry? Why? To, verse 12, To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. See, we can't be edified. We need to look at each other and serve each other and minister to each other. Verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And verse 14 is powerful. Then it says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blowing here and there by every wind of teaching and by every cunning and craftiness, meaning by all the stuff that happens in life. Verse 15, instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up in him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, that's you, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I said, as each part does its work. So, Lord, I'm asking that we would begin to flow your Holy Spirit ministry to each other, to the people that come by our path. And I pray this, Lord God, that this church would be unique in the sense of how many people would be stepping up to serve. And you know, some people do it so easily. Look at this guy here. Look, he's been part of the church only six weeks. And he's helped build the, the, the cry room, the baby's room. Some people just do it. Some people do it easily. Some people need, need a little bit of coaxing. But they need a wake-up call. In the name of Jesus, I exhort you 
I exhort you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, pleasing and acceptable to God as a fragrance of life to the people around you. May you be healed, set free. May you be filled with the Holy Spirit without measure. And may you flow signs and wonders and miracles and love and blessings and God. Just people are seeing you as a fragrance of life. People are seeing because you're a servant. You're a servant to all mankind. Come on, men. You got to serve at home. You got to serve your wife. You got to serve your children. You got to serve your church. You got to serve your friends. Because the Bible says that's the witness that people will believe in your life that you are saved and a Christian. People are not interested in the words or the arguments and how much you know and the Bible college certificate. They want to see you serving like Jesus. He was the ultimate servant. Jesus, help us serve. Oh God, change us, change us, change us, change us. I don't do the washing up. Change. Break my heart, oh God. I don't serve. Change. Break my heart. I don't help people. Change. I don't give. Change. I don't pray. Change. Oh God, right now I pray, Holy Spirit, touch us. Jacob was touched by God. Touch us right now. Touch us in our strengths, in our weakness. You're strong. If you don't get a 
a pat on the back or a thank you. You will do it because you love God. You love God and your encouragement comes from Him. Amen. It comes from Jesus. And so when you stand before Jesus, like Ty did four weeks ago, and Ty stood there, and the Lord says, with a smugness, with a look in his eye, well, you are awesome. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to thy rest. That is ultimately what it's about. Jesus, help us serve you for all the days of our life that we can stand before you at the end of our time and say, God, I did my best for your church, for the saving of souls, for the building of your church, for feeding the poor. Dear God, I, 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 I did my best with my time, my talent, my treasure. I did my best with my energy. I didn't sit before a big flat screen TV all the days of my life. I didn't coop myself up in a fancy house. I didn't go on holidays every four months. I served you, dear God. And I will serve you all the days of my life. Now just close your eyes, last thing. If there's anyone in the house. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.